Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Say hello to the folks, Zeke. Hello, hello, hello. Happy to be uh, dialing back in with you folks. It's been a while. You were gone for a couple weeks because you were off doing dad stuff. I sat down with the guys from Bell Mead. Great couple of shows. We really, really missed you. But if you listen to them lately... We hope you enjoyed them. Tonight, I think we have to change things around because we haven't done enough drinking bourbon lately. We've done a lot of talking to other people, so we need to get back to our roots. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, I guess maybe not a fair assessment to say we haven't been drinking bourbon per se, just not sharing it with folks. Over the past few weeks, we've definitely picked up a few good random ins and outs, bottles, samples and whatnot from various locations, friends, sources, etc., and John and I decided it was just time to uh, to bring back the hodgepodge kitchen sink show. Throw a little bit of everything out there. Normally, we, we try to do side-by-side blinds for comparative tastings. But tonight, uh, like John said, it's been a minute. We've got a few things in the hopper. We weren't really sure where, uh, where to put them in blinds either. So we're just going to dump it all, taste it all, and uh, hopefully have some fun here. So I've been drinking over the past couple of weeks. I know you have, just not actually behind a microphone. No, uh, you know, did, did manage to make the, the Knob Creek pick recently, which should be hitting shelves before too long. That should be fun. That is really cool. I went to the watch party of Neat. That was really cool with Paul Steele. Thank you to Paul Steele for inviting us to that. Sat next to the Grease from the podcast, Chris Thomas, Dan the Bearded Dram, Cam was there. There were a bunch of people, uh, the Whiskey Genie, if you don't know, a bunch of people in the Nashville scene that were in there. And by the Nashville scene, I mean the Nashville bourbon scene. Although there were a lot of people in the music industry there, the movie's great. We won't spend too much time on it because a lot of other people have. I will just tell you that it elicits a feeling in you that makes you want to go share bourbon with a friend. Uh, So go check out that that movie. Check out Paul Steele. He's a friend of ours. He came to our anniversary party. Just a really good guy. Paul is actually featured as one of the people in the movie. Neat. He's an associate producer. So if you happen to go to iTunes or wherever you're streaming, go ahead and download Neat. You can rent it for five or buy it for 10. Just go ahead and buy it for 10 because you're going to want to watch it again. Yeah, I never understand. I think that rent concept, they really seem to uh, to lure folks in. I'm, I'm sure you see it now with the, the little one as well, constantly on Amazon or something. Oh, you can rent this one-time watch. Half the price is buying it. Kid likes it once. Kid's going to like it 22 times or more. Just buy it and be done. I know that I have on to, <laughs> I've, I've done a... The DVR, every every Paw Patrol episode I can. So I think I have like 50 Paw Patrol episodes on my TV right now. I actually didn't buy it. I just recorded them all. Unfortunately, I'm not that lucky with the uh, the Cars series, but we're, we're slowly accumulating them. We haven't got into Cars yet, but Zeke, we have to talk about something because it smells like bourbon and Ben Gay in here. So what have you been doing for the past couple of weeks? I, I haven't seen you like I normally do. <laughs> Well, I, I've, you know, as winter is finally uh, on its way out and trying to alleviate myself of this dad bod that has formed over the past several months, been trying to get back out there and, uh, you know, work out a little more, run some. I ran once. <laughs> <laughs> From the police? 
No, I, I used to run in 10 to 15 yard sprints for football. Like, you know, you have a play, linemen run about 10 yards, and then we get about a 45 second break. I remember those, but, but normally they were like 50 yards and there was a lot of cussing and baker and cussing and baker and then go run. <laughs> yeah, those are good times, John. Thanks for that memory. I, I'm just making you want to drink bourbon more. <laughs> indeed, indeed. But no, so been trying to, uh, you know, be a little more healthy and active. Do have uh, the, the generous ear pods that Studio sent us. So I really didn't have an excuse as far as being bored when I run because I really do get that way if I don't have music to distract me. Well, I reached out to somebody and I said, Zeke needs a new set of earbuds because we got to get him to run more so he won't have the dad bot. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll be there another month or two uh, try- trying to pound the pavement as much as I can. And uh, honestly, really enjoy the the ear pods. I will say I've had a couple other brands that either my ears are just defective or they don't fit too well, especially with a jarring motion of running. Very easy to lock in and uh, run in peace, so to speak. Well, I will say that Studio sent me the Regent. It's their premium on-ear model with impeccable clarity and instrumental tones, as well as balanced sound. It has 24 hours of battery life and 20 days of standby. I really like it because you can use it Bluetooth or you can plug it in. I have it plugged in right now to do the podcast. That's been really nice. But if I want to unplug it and use Bluetooth and talk on the phone or listen to music, I can do that. You got the tray. It's their newest model for those with an active lifestyle. That makes a lot more sense. You're more active than I am. I do go <laughs> to the gym, but I don't run like yourself. Uh, so over, I still use my over the ear at the gym. They have about nine hours of active battery life and 10 days of standby. They say it's your perfect companion for you at home or on the go. It's made of their sweat-proof material and has custom wingtips that stay comfortably in your ear no matter how you're moving. That's what you mentioned there, too. I think we should just mention that Studio wants to revolutionize the way that people see headphones as not just a tech device, but also as an accessory. So go ahead and check them out. It's studiosweden.com. Use code bourbon15. That's code bourbon15. That'll get you 15% off any purchase. So thank you guys for sending us some headphones. We hope that other people will listen to good quality as well. Back to the question on the the smell. I don't know. There's there's some weird pinch nerve behind my left shoulder blade. Uh, I really can't feel much in my left arm right now. It's been numb for a few hours, but Bengay helps. And uh, I'm sure this bourbon eventually is going to do some good. Well, Z came in and immediately took his shirt off. And, and I was like, how much you been drinking already? Took it off, started run, rubbing Bengay on his back. So he, I knew he was having a tough day. But we are going to drink. There's a few things that we're going to drink. Some that were sent to us. Some people that came in. We are going to have uh, some of the Taconic Barrel Strength Bourbon. And Phoenix from Taconic actually just came to Nashville. Zeke got to go ahead and meet up with her. We brought her over to an organization called the Whiskey House that we're a member of. And Phoenix was nice enough to go and share some pours over there. So thank you very much, Taconic. And we will talk about this barrel strength bourbon that she brought down to us. We're also going to, Zeke got his hands on one of the Lot 40 cast strengths that's coming from Canada. That's an interesting 12-year-old rye we're going to talk about. And then we are also going to talk about Pinhook Rye because I don't think I've seen a lot of people talk about that Pinhook Rye yet. Have you? I've not. I've seen it on some boards. 
The price has seemed to to fluctuate some. Uh, I was able to taste it in the store before they brought it in, and uh, I thought it was a pretty good product, especially at the the price. And uh, from what I can see now, it seems that distribution is getting much better on those. Uh, so if you if you haven't seen it, be on the lookout. You know, ask your store owners um, if they're asking their reps for it. Uh, they're definitely getting their product out there more on a larger scale it would seem yeah definitely i think previously they were only a new york release they used to be just mgp an interesting thing about pinhook and we'll talk about them when we get down to that but they are now uh being distilled at castle and key so they do all contract distilling but they are going to be at Castle and Key now. They still have some MGP that's left over. This first rye release is going to be MGP, but eventually it will be Castle and Key. So that's a, a cool little fact about Pinhook. I do love the thing about Pinhook that I love is that every release of their bourbon or rye is named after a horse that actually runs. So there is a horse called Bourbon and Rye now, just like there was Urban Bourbon and Hashtag Bourbon, you know, all the other releases they had. You could actually go and find that horse racing someplace and bet on it, and you could be betting on the bourbon you have. I think it's fun to bet on the bourbon you have, but I think it's more fun just to drink it and enjoy it. I, I might be a little uh, upset if what I was drinking and enjoying suddenly lost me a small, medium, or large amount of money. <laughs> Me, me and that bottle might have some words depending on how much of it uh, was already in the tank. So I don't know. You know, it's like they have you know those, those separation guidelines, like church and state, other stuff. You know, you, you don't want to be that tied to the bottle you're currently drinking. I don't know. I'm pretty tied to every bottle I'm drinking. I know. You don't turn any of them loose. You don't finish any of them. I do finish them. I do put them in 200 milliliter bottles when I get to the <laughs> end, and then I bunker them away so that in case you and I... So I'm, I'm almost making my own little whiskey library so that if you and I ever want to do a callback to something, we have it available. That's an interesting scale. Uh, I consider that, and there are some bottles I hang on to, but I almost see two tiers of, uh, of hanging on, quote unquote, A being... Man, probably cost me a lot of money. I'm going to sit on what remnants of this I have just to enjoy down the road. But B, and I think I really probably appreciate these even more, are the ones that weren't that expensive, but so good, you you just cannot keep yourself from killing it. Like that Blom Brothers I had. I wish we had it here. I mean, it barely lasted a week, and it's just MGP 11-year-old juice, and plenty of folks have it, obviously, in, in other places and labels, but... You wish we could have put that up, and you brought the empty bottle that night, but you wish we could have put it up <laughs> in that uh, mic drop showdown that we just had a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, it was it was fun, and man, that thing, it went away faster than anything I can think of in a while. Well, it's I just think of it, what I do is when I get to a certain point, it, it's almost like emotion goes out of it, and then I'm thinking about us. And I know you don't think about us as much as I think about us. but Especially not late night drinking, no. No, not late night drinking, but I think, okay, I need to stash some of this away because in case anything ever comes up that we want to do a blind on, 200 milliliters gives us multiple blinds if we ever want to do that. I see a point there. And then I have a little library and they almost look like you can get them on Amazon and they look like little, you know, like old elixir bottles. And uh, it almost looks like I have a little pharmacy there. How many of those Bell Mead single barrels have you killed? Any? Yeah. Don't lie now. Two. I killed two. 
<laughs> I killed an elixir and I killed uh, barrels and brews. I still have one barrels and brews left. And then I have a half of another elixir left. Interesting. And then I have some of the craft brood. I have the Radner. I have the wine chap. Trying to think of what else I have. I have a couple of the distillery picks. Clearly, John hoards more than I do, probably. If if anyone hasn't picked that up by now. No, I mean, I don't. How how many Willets have you opened that are? A lot. How many do you not have open? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're getting there. Slowly but surely. I think if we were to count, you have more unopened bottles than I do. Uh, it, it, it's possible, but you know, those willets, man, you never know if I need a kidney or some other, <laughs> you need to buy a car. Yeah. You know, finances come up from time to time. I have to be mindful. Zeke's bunker is worth a lot more than mine. <laughs> That's all I got to say. But let's actually talk about the whiskey here. Which one do you want to start with? The Taconic, the Lot 40 or the Pinhook? I'm wide open. I would just say, let's space out the tasting on the two rise to have a, a deviation. So let's start off with the Pinhook Rye, as we were kind of talking about it before. The Pinhook Rye comes in at a reasonable $35, 93.5 proof, 46.25 ABV. It's aged more than two years. It's MGP Rye. I do like this one is 95% rye, 5% barley, kind of the standard MGP mash. One of the interesting things about this is to Pinhook, the definition is to buy an object cheaply to sell later for a profit which is pretty much the definition of the secondary market in bourbon. But in horse racing, what it really meant was to buy a young horse. So if you go buy a yearling or you buy a horse that was just born and you expect that you are going to sell it for a profit later on. So that's pin hooking. They'll go to a the Keeneland sale, the Phasing Tipton sale, any of those big horse sales, and then they will go buy a horse that's pretty young. And then their their idea is to flip it. It's almost like bourbon. It's a perfect marriage to call a bourbon pinhook. Well, you know, in this day and age, there, there's probably nothing more uh, more laughable than that. What do you think about this one? I, I like it. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I was uh, fortunate enough to be in a store when the, the rep had it and was working on you know getting distribution going and got a sample then. Not to veer too far off the beaten path, but a lot of people, they still look at age statement, you know, I wouldn't say snobbly, but they always factor into the equation. I don't think that's necessarily always appropriate, especially with a rye product, just because it, it, it ages, matures, and is going to exude different flavors much quicker than most bourbons you come up with. So, uh, Definitely don't don't sleep on it or overlook it or you know laugh just because it's young. Uh, let's see notes official wise. I had a nose fresh mint. I f- thought it was more spearmint than wintergreen. Palette wise, young rye but not grassy. Uh, it had some really sweet points at times. Nice presence but no burn. I'm gonna have to go through my uh, my open bowl at the house, but uh, if there's a minty jelly belly. That's really where I would put this. Uh, some mint flavor, some some sweet sugar, you know, whatnot behind it. Uh, Finish-wise, honestly, not much. Um, the barley seemed to linger for just a hair of a second. But all around, 35 bucks. this is a throwback. 
Another uh, callback to Jelly Belly. If anybody that is connected to Jelly Belly is listening, Zeke has a whole scheme where we are going to use Jelly Bellies to give our tasting notes. So that's please how I, reach that's out how to I test my palate. You, you laugh at this. You get the variety pack of Jelly Bellies. You just put them in a big bowl. Whenever you walk by, you grab two or three. You taste them, and you try and figure out what in the world they were. It, 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 it's constant refreshing in my mind here, John. I'm going to keep myself on my toes. Some people get things like from the Aroma Academy, and they smell different aromas that are in bourbon. Zeke goes for like, ah, this tastes like watermelon. It's not great. Hey, I'm telling you, it, it's a great way to just keep yourself on your toes when you're passing through the kitchen. Brain games are a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. I got mint... Uh, the the nose to me, I got mint, and it's almost when you smell it, it almost and it's something I know I'm gonna gonna push a button here of something that Zeke wants to talk a lot about here in future episodes. But I almost get a summer rye on this one. It it smells and tastes like a refreshing summer drink, opposed to a winter warm dark rye that you want to curl up next to a fire with this is one that i think you could almost mow the lawn put it in a glass and and get out on the lawnmower and mow the lawn it's it's a refreshing rye i don't get a lot of burn on it like you sweet mint almost a little bit of lime and cilantro for me and i know that's gonna sound interesting but it it had a little bit of that sour limeness to me uh, that I didn't, I liked it. It, it was almost like a, a cocktail in a glass that it was sweet and, and a little bit of spicy at the same time, but not a lot of burn. Didn't really tingle my lips or anything, but at $35, I think it's a no brainer. You know, it's a nice looking bottle, a nice presentation, a nice whiskey, and they're not overcharging you for it. So I, I'm in full support of this one. Yep. Two thumbs up on my end. I think the biggest debate, you know, we're just going to have to sit down with some, you know, guac and some chips. You break out the pin hook. Uh, I'll bring my favorite mezcal and uh, we'll see how these things uh, digress. All you said was chips and I was in. I know. So <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the Taconic because you recently got to sit down with Phoenix from Taconic. Talk a little bit about that. How was it? I missed that night. I'm sorry, but... Um. I did. Uh, honestly, such a fun afternoon, happy hour. Yes, there's, the, I guess, a trend so far of uh, John and I having events and one being able to make it and one not is what it is. But that's them. why there's two of us. Yeah. You know, somebody is going to be work, there. Work, life, dad, balance. Although, <laughs> here lately, only one of us has been able to attend most things. It, at least uh, the, the house is, is happy and, you know, we don't get yelled at too much for uh, nights like this recording. Exactly. Exactly. That being said, uh, Phoenix and her, uh, the folks from Taconic uh, were super great, super nice. Uh, came over, brought some bottles to share, had Lynn Cairns, uh, my bar mat, plenty of product info, just very, very transparent about the whole process, uh, literally start to to finish and where they were with things. Really a great time. There's probably 15 to 20 guys uh, ended up making it by. Most everything that, that they brought got pretty well dwindled down real fast. They did bring <clears throat> us a bottle of the Castrake that we donated to the house, but we borrowed it for tonight. And uh, it, it was fun. You know, we had a few bottles there that they'd seen before but hadn't had. So it was a fun balanced share and, and just a... A good afternoon. I had to even uh, cut short because it, it ran longer than my uh, 
my curfew permitted, but honestly, a, a great time and, and couldn't ask for anything more on a, a Wednesday afternoon. Taconic, I think, is an, a nice story because they were a craft distillery coming out of New York. They they were sourcing at first, and now they're doing their own stuff. It's uh, This cast strength or this barrel strength is 115 proof, 57.5 ABV. It is at $60 at a minimum of two years. The cool thing about Taconic, we had their maple syrup finished barrel last year. You see a lot of people doing honey. You see a lot of people with other finishes, but... I've never seen a maple finished barrel before. I thought it was super sweet, super awesome. They really need to start having that stuff at the Waffle House. Yeah. Here, little for you, little for me. If Waffle House they're all, got a They're all going to end up in the same spot. You put a little bit on the waffle, drink a little, keep Oh, Honestly, uh, that could end really badly. If Waffle House got a liquor license, how bad do you think it would end up for everyone? Well, in my mind, I'm thinking it would be better for it to be there in my own kitchen and then me hearing the wrath the following morning. <laughs> uh, why is the counter sticky? There's, I put a syrup bu- in my there's, there's a busted waffle in a cup. And your whole face is shining. Yeah, it's going to work out real well. You're like, honey, I, I, I just took the maple syrup and I was trying to get it in the Glen Carrot and I missed don't let the kid eat the waffle. <laughs> Don't let the kid eat the waffle. There's bourbon in that batter. Yeah, and then, but, it, then it would really just be downhill. But Taconic is just starting to get distribution that's really more widespread. They are now down Carruthers Wine and Spirits down in Franklin. And, you know, Justin and James, our friends down there, they have Taconic now. So that is down there. It is hit Tennessee. This was kind of one of the reasons why Phoenix was in town. They do have a Cabernet finish that's coming out soon. I know Phoenix brought that down. Did you get to try that one, Zeke? I did. It was good. And admittedly, I'm usually pretty harsh on anything wine finish these days. It's just not my cup of tea. Not a, a, a It's not your jam. I'm, I'm not a, a vino, wino, wino, whatever you want to call those peoples. But, Is that like Euro and Giro and Hero? You talking about Guru? Guru. <laughs> I worked with a girl that said guru. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. At any rate, uh, no, it was, it was a good balance. I can't remember exactly how long um, they said that it aged for in the, the finishing barrel, but it was not, not very long, which I commended them for and really appreciated. I, I think that the tables can really turn on some of those wine finishes as far as it immediately go in from nice hints of whatever this finishing barrel is to wow, like ivy or something. It just totally corroded and took over this entire barrel, and that's all I can taste. Well, this one is it is creamy, it's it very is. very creamy. This cast strength or this barrel proof is creamy. I'm getting butterscotch, vanilla, a little bit of fruit on the nose. Got a little corn on the taste, but mostly vanilla and caramel and honey. I think that's what it's supposed to be. Um, slight spice on the finish, but I wasn't getting a bunch of heat. It wasn't killing me on the, the finish. Mm-hmm. It was just creamy goodness. And when you think about that, it's 115 proof. It doesn't taste 115 proof at all. No, not at all, especially for young product. And uh, they'll have to forgive me as a, I can't recollect, but <clears throat> she did mention that I think they've done well. In uh, you know a couple of tastings, as far as um, awards and whatnot go, recently 
Again, sorry, I really don't remember. It's it's been a couple of moons since then. Well, we're gonna work it out. We're gonna have them on at some point. We we have talked to them about that. Yeah, you know, I love seeing them. You know, here in in Nashville and pushing things. You have this marriage here of bourbon and whiskey in one spot, and there's a lot of people that know their stuff here. So I don't know why everybody doesn't make sure that Nashville is on. Plus, we're a good time, and we'll take you out. Get you downtown. No, that, that, that Wednesday afternoon w- was fun. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think anyone will disagree, and, and we love showing them a good time and, and appreciated what they brought as well. Uh, just so I don't forget, note-wise on this one, uh, let's see here, Nose Warm Copper, which I think is somewhat standard for, for younger products, but that's just really what I equate it to in my mind. Palette-wise... I thought it was interesting. I picked up a barley sweetness before I tasted the corn, which I, I can't recollect really doing that with anything off the top of my head anyway. As John mentioned, for 115 cask, uh, hardly any heat there at all. Really just, um, you know, pretty mellow for, for a younger product that is at full strength. The other thought that I had in my mind is moving through this tasting and something, uh, you know, John and I really hope to dive into down the road we, we, we've had less uh, educational stuff for a while and we can change the pace up you can tell the grains are different and that sounds really ambiguous it just yields a, a completely different tasting and flavor with these grains that are sourced out from a different region that you know have years of being in different soil did them with different temperatures and I, I think that's kind of the novelty of, of catching the barley sweetness before the corn. I think you need to like immerse yourself and go undercover, do some video, actually go to distilleries, go up to New York, figure this stuff out. Before we move off of this, at 60 bucks, would you, would you buy it? I would. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And not to be, you know, contradictory of myself when we talked about the pin hook and the age statement earlier it's a younger bourbon not a rye but it is a, a quality product i don't think age matters as much in rye than it does bourbon but no. the funny thing about this is i got a little bit of corn on the taste but the creaminess almost masks the youth in this one that i find super interesting yeah i mean i, I think it's the grains i really don't think of anything that, that the barley leapfrogged the corn but this, I caught that, you know, barley sweet, and then the corn kind of moved in behind it, but it wasn't overbearing. Or so it's like slid into your DMs. The corn slid into your DMs. I would just say it wasn't overwhelming. <laughs> it wasn't mellow corn. No, no. I think Zeke and I are both, and and we're not just saying that because they came out and hung out with us. Even if you come out and hang out with us, and we don't love your stuff, we'll tell you because we're honest to a fault. But I the creaminess on I can't tell you enough. At least for me, the things that I found so impressive about this one is I didn't taste the 115 proof. It it was warm, but it wasn't overwhelmingly hot, and it was just creamy. Zeke's opening it up. It was creamy goodness that didn't have uh, a terrible bite. And it didn't have a, a terrible corn taste to it. I I really uh, I really did enjoy this. It it definitely punches above its weight as a two year old, right? Of course, I'm asking Zeke that right when he took a sip. But no, I I think it punches above its weight as a two year old. It does not taste like a two year old. I would almost peg it more as like a 
a five-year-old. I think it goes back to the grains. Yeah, I know I mean, you said that. The, the corn's there. It really is. But it's it's a completely different tasting corn that I think most people are going to attribute to. Ah, uh, that's young corn. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's not like drinking shine or something either. <laughs> true, true. Well, let's move on to the last but not least, Lot 40 Cast Strength Rye. It is 110 proof, 55% ABV. It's a Canadian whiskey, eh? Um, so it's a boot 12 years old. It's 100% rye. The hell's a boot? I'm doing my Canadian accent. Oh, I thought we were going to break out DOS boot. No. See who wins that battle. It's a boot time that we drink this whiskey, eh? John, I didn't grow up above the Mason-Dixon line. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's 12 years old. It's Canadian whiskey. It's 100% rye. It comes in at $50 if you're lucky enough to find it retail. And I think it's a regional-only release, right? Canada-only. Secondary market. This thing crushes. And I, I will say, I'm going to tee this up. Um, I've asked this question repeatedly. Uh, looking at this one, it's 110 proof. And I've seen plenty of the Willet Rise from various years that were all quote-unquote cask strength, but they're all done at 110 proof. I mean, is there some unwritten rule that rye cask strength is 110, and that's what you'd put it at? No, because I think the only other one besides that is going to be Pikesville. So it begs the question, is that a Canadian thing, or is that a model after Heaven Hill thing, or are a lot of the Willets Heaven Hill or Canadian whiskey? No, all those Willets say they're still in Indiana, bud. Really? I mean, I've got one friend that sent me a picture that says Kentucky. That's it. It's interesting. And that's quite a few. But I don't know. There was even a point to where, if you look at some of them on the, uh, the label, it's already pre-printed 110 proof within a barrel written in, in hand. So it, it was literally a standardized process. So seeing this at 110, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But maybe you all need to reach out to us when we post this up on our Facebook page. Yeah, if anybody has any any thoughts as to the rhyme or reason behind 110 proof on these rye cast drinks, uh, would, would love to hear it. It's funny this one went after Taconic because this one was such a creamy rye and coming in at 100% rye, I was very surprised at how creamy this was. I got lots of rye spices, almost like baking cookies on the nose. The taste was so creamy on the front, some nice butterscotch, toffee, all that good stuff. And I hate to use the same tasting notes over and over, but... It was just a candy goodness that coated your mouth, and it was creamy and thick. And then I got the slightest hint of spice that lingers and tickles your mouth on the finish. But, you know, it's that vanilla, the baking spice, the toffee and butterscotch, all that stuff is really what coated my mouth on the, the taste that is just amazing to me from a rye. Really remind me of Knocked Up right now. It's all he knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, laughably, uh, I was really impressed with this pour. Plenty of times you, you see th things on secondary that are very limited, only released in certain markets. For this, only released outside of the country, which, why it's outside of the country, I don't think anyone knows. But Canada's outside of the country? <clears throat> yeah. I know that. I was just being funny. But no, I mean, 
This is really amazing. Juice, why they didn't send it to here or us, however you want to look at it, we may never know. But I immediately laugh when you just think back to uh, South Park some years ago. And, you know, they had some choice words for Canada at some point. What would Brian Boitano do if he was here right now? I'm sure he'd kick an ass or two. That's what Brian Boitano would do. <laughs> See, this is where John's humor really comes in, people. You just have to tee him up the right way. Yeah. Blame Canada song was great. That whole movie was just so good. Yeah. And do you remember who the guy said this was sourced from? It was in Speakeasy, but I don't remember. I don't remember. And he's speaking of... Speakeasy Wisconsin, which is a group we're both in. Um, I mean, we should have done better homework here, admittedly. It's not Crown? No, and it's a it's a Canadian source. Um, we'll go back and find that information. So at any rate, where this was going before, we both uh, took a hard right turn towards Albuquerque. <laughs> Plenty of times you see things on secondary that aren't available. The, the price there is significantly more than you know what Someone paid for it. This in case it's three to four times what someone can buy it for if they have access to it. But it is a really good bottle and pour. Um, I I probably wouldn't buy it on secondary, but I I get it someplace in between. I don't know where my limit is right now, but I'd probably go get it. I'd, I'd say for this one, go ahead and borrow it. I don't know if I'd spend. But it's not borrowable. It. Canada only. There's going to be some gonna restaurants fly to Canada to taste at the bar. Maybe <laughs> you got more points than me. Then yeah, I do have a lot of points. <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's an interesting pour. I guess I would place it to me in the the space of I have something that has a secondary value. I paid cost for it. I'm fine trading with someone that's in the same boat as me. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't go and spend two hundred dollars on this one, but if I you know happen to get a cost, if if somebody's listening and wants to send us another a cost, I would take that. I probably would not take it above that, you know? Yeah. And and note wise And it's just because it's just because I would think about this at this point. Realistically, I would say I could go get some four roses picks that are coming down the line. I could Think about getting some of, you know, like the Elixir Four Roses pick. Uh, and I believe, is that the split that he did with, with Justin and James from Barrels and Brews? Which one? The one that's coming out this week. I don't know, honestly. Well, anyways, Elixir is going to have a pick that's released on March 1st. But I would think about some of the Four Roses picks that are coming out. Some of those other things. I would rather get four... Four roses picks than one of these on secondary. I can't say I disagree there. That that's kind of my thought process, right? Yeah. Plus, at the same time, as you mentioned, Pinhook seems more of a a summary profile. Lot forty is is definitely winter as far as rye tastings go. My notes on that one, <clears throat> nose wise, I thought it had a very cold mint. I don't know, not the best. Uh, Elaborate words, but it just seemed cold and minty. Uh, I'd you also, say that ominously. I mean, it also it reminded me of a um, licorice gum in the blue pack. I do not remember the brand name, but uh, a former colleague of my dad's when I was a kid used to chew this stuff regularly. 
And as a, you know, bored, hyper little kid, you know, anytime you see a pack of gum, you think, ah, I need a piece of gum. I'm going to try that. Yeah, you do that one time, you don't do it again. It was not saying this is bad, just saying that's the distinct smell and and profile I get from it. Palette, creamy, wintergreen. It butters up well and decent to strong warmth. It really just reminds me of old school Wrigley green gum. Sticking with the gum theme. You know, I get that way. I didn't get as much mint as you. I got more of the baking stuff. Hmm. You cook more than me. I do. But, and I do like cookies more than you. I am a big guy. Finish wise, uh, my note was a, a good little tingle heading down. Not too much, but it was there. You know, just enough to say, hey, don't forget about me. Don't you forget about me. Oh, well. Clearly, that being said. Clearly I, the side pour is going to have to be stepped up from 80 proof to something else. Yeah. What was your side pour tonight? I'm still rocking that Four Roses Yellow label, man. Well, nobody knows you were rocking the Four Roses Yellow label because now is a very good time to say, stay tuned for next week. Uh, We are going to have Al Young on. We did sit down with Al Young last week. We are peeling behind the curtain a little bit. We want to make sure that that one is teed up perfectly for you guys, edited nicely. So we will have our sit down with Al Young next week. Stay tuned for that. We did get to talk to him about anything and everything. It was an absolute pleasure to sit down with Mr. Young, and we're humbled and grateful that he took an hour out of his time to sit with us. So please stay tuned. Tune in for that one. Zeke, we didn't mean to pick ones that we would all buy. It just so happened to be the way it worked out. Hey, nothing wrong with that. And as... John said the Al Young episode will be coming out next week. We literally just wanted to to break up some of the, you know, educational. No, it took me a long time to, I want to make sure it's edited perfectly for the person that's going to be there. It's a lot more verbiage just as the, you know, the two shows with the the Nelts brothers were. And we just wanted to have some fun and get back to drinking. Zeke was thirsty. I I think we probably should have had one or two more. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I feel bad for Scott. Scott in Minnesota sent us the 2017 La Maison. La Maison? I don't know how to speak French. I only speak Spanish. I got a buddy's last name, Mason. La Maison du Whiskey from Clichy, France. It's 55% ABV, 110 proof. Very enjoyable. You know, I'll just mention it was a very enjoyable blend. I know you took a sip. I had a sip. We'll this take is one a more. It's a great looking bottle. It's the one that has all the horses on it, but they do a pick every year. I like it. it it's that in betweener Blanton's. You know, it's not straight from the bottle. It's not the regular stuff. It's it's that in between. I love straight from the bottle though. So that's that's the hard part. Is this is good, but I don't think it's straight from the bottle good. But I do like it. What do you just do? Straight from the barrel. They're all straight from the bottle. At least mine are. Oh. <laughs> yeah, straight from the barrel. <laughs> it's okay, folks. Sorry. It's late. It's very late. While, while I sit here and, and, and drink and have a good time, John focuses on these editing and, I don't know, these random points on a computer that supposedly say if I'm speaking intelligently or understandable. Who knows? I have to think to of the, them. To the Blantons. 
I will say that the front end of it was more floral than I can really remember most Blanton's. It was very floral. It's not your typical Blanton's pick. No. Um, like the whole label, spring, horses running. I think of all the flowers and, and whatnot they put up at those, uh, you know, the Derby and the races. Like, that's fitting. I, yeah. I, I think it, it that that profile really hits the old factory memories of, of seeing just a bouquet of flowers and lilies and lilacs i can see lilies yeah but scott thank you very very much scott minnesota it's scott underscore in underscore mn go ahead and check him out on instagram that being said you can check us out on instagram at dad's drinking bourbon you can check us out on facebook at dad's drinking bourbon on twitter at bourbon dads you can find us on apple Podcasts, google play Stitcher, Podknife, YouTube. You can now find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio. So go ahead and check us out on those. Where else can the folks find us, Zeke? Always right here in Nashville, Tennessee. Come on and check us out. We we are missing having some friends over while we record. So reach out to us. Let us know when you're going to be in town. We'd love to have you over. We will be setting up a bunch of good stuff here soon. Yeah, it's been a minute since we had some guests. Uh, honestly, there, there's always at least two to four seats at this table. Yeah. If you're in town, well, I have I have three more microphones than these two. Well, I can go without one. My voice sounds good regardless. <laughs> well, go ahead and find us. Leave us a five star review whenever you're listening to our podcast. If you don't want to leave us a five star review, reach out to us. Let us know why. We'd love to talk to you about it before you actually do it. Uh, but leave us a review, follow us, all that other good stuff. But thank you very much for listening. Have a great night. Ciao.